I think if we improve on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, from a discipline standpoint, from a fundamental standpoint, from a technique standpoint, from a communication standpoint, and the fruits of those things will, will, will show hopefully sooner than later, but they'll, they'll show up. What's going on, fans? And thank you for tuning in to Dolphins Junkie Podcast. We're your host, Batman2423. And your boy, Anzo Red, bringing you the latest and up-to-the-minute Miami Dolphins football news. And if you haven't yet, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Getting into episode 15, we're going to discuss the offensive line and the tight ends, the depth chart for the Miami Dolphins. Now, getting right into it, Enzo Red, how are you doing today? We're doing fabulous over here. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, doing good. Now, let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk about the tight ends. Um, you know, we're basically, you know, uh, the, the offensive the, the offense that we're gonna currently going to run under Chan Gailey, um, obviously he does a tool, the dual tight end. He, he enjoyed that. He did that with the Jets. You know, he's done that his whole career. And, you know, this is going to open the door for a second tight end um, along Mike Gesicki in the starting lineup to potentially not only play more, but block more and, you know, go out for pass catches. You know, it's just, this is a tight end league. It's going into it again. Um, and you know, we our growth the way Mike Gesicki has started to grow this season. You know, we want him to be into that Kittle role, that Gronkowski. We want him to be that lead tight end where he causes havoc downfield, and you know, and he's and he's a threat nonetheless. I mean, well, as long as he can get multiple eyes on him, it can free up another player for the Dolphins on their offense. Now, you know, obviously uh, looking at the position, we we made acquisitions. Um, we we signed Michael Roberts. Uh, very it was shortly back in February we signed him from the Detroit Lions. Um, we also signed. Uh, um, we did through the draft. We got Bryce Stark, and you know, looking at our our tight ends, you know, we have Durham Smythe from last season. You know, he's a blocking tight end, and then we also have Chris Myrick. Um, now Enzo Red. You know, give us some insight on what you think about the tight end position for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, do you see strengths? Where do you see weaknesses? You know, what do you see out there as another guy that can line up next to Mike Gesicki? Okay, well, yeah, I see a big strength in Mike Gesicki. For sure, I think that I think everyone agrees that he's going to be our number one starter. He's going to be the guy that gets, as of right now anyway, the guy that gets most of the catches next season. Uh, him and, and Durham Smythe have been forming a nice little, nice little tandem. They have a they have a really good friendship, and like you mentioned, Durham Smythe is a he's a blocking tight end, another big guy, just like Gasicki, six six, and I feel like they complement each other very well. Durham Smythe, when he had to go off for a pass, he wasn't that bad. He just doesn't have that. He's not a great pass catching tight end. He doesn't have that first. Um, step off the line, he's, he's not so smooth with that. So, like you said, it opens up the door for a, for a second tight end to maybe take over that role this this upcoming season. And maybe it could be a guy like Michael Roberts. A long shot is a defensive end, Bryce Sturk, who we brought in. We we only agreed to sign him if he, if he were to play tight end for us. So that's something else that you know, we're going to touch base with him as well. But yeah, there's no brainer that Mike Gesicki's our number one starter, number one, uh, number one day starter, and you know after that, I don't feel like we have the strongest group as of right now. But 
you know, we, we did get stronger. I feel like Bryce Turk, um, there's something there for sure. And I, and Michael Roberts, he, he hasn't played a whole lot, but he's another guy that, that makes a position a little stronger. So maybe we're not strong at that position, but I feel like we're coming into the season uh, following the trend that we got a little better somehow at the tight end position than we were last season. And, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with you one bit. Um, you know, I, I think the fact that the Dolphins came into the season and they didn't address uh, free agency. Uh, I mean, obviously we signed Michael Roberts, but, you know, they really didn't pursue, you know, a top tight end um, going into the season and drafting another player like in high rounds and, early picks in the draft and they feel confident, you know, going into next season with what we have, um, you know, it's very interesting. Um, I know you were saying with Durham Smythe, he has that, you know, chemistry with Mike Gesicki, they came in together. Um, you know, we, we always envisioned having both of those guys growing up to be similar to, you know, Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Uh, they both came in drafted together same year and they were going to grow together. And that's what we want. Now, I, I haven't seen that next step Durham Smythe has taken. I, I want to see him take that step Gesicki took. Um, and, you know, I haven't seen it yet. You know, and because of that, you know, I want to give an opportunity to these guys coming in, especially um, with Bryce Stark. You know, obviously we know he played defensive end. And, um, you know, it's we still don't know exactly if it was his decision or the Dolphins' decision at the point that they wanted to make him a tight end. We don't know if that's what he wanted, what's his wishes, or those are Dolphins' wishes. No, the, the, the Dolphins' ability. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, sir, but it was actually the Dolphins. Uh, they asked him two weeks prior to the draft. They asked him if um, if that he would be signed after the draft as a tight end, if he was okay with that. So it's that's actually it. us. That's why that's I mean that. Here. that and something and, there. You know, obviously, he's athletic. So, you know, I, I know folks at the current moment we have about. 60, I'm sorry, we have about 84, 84 players on the roster. And we know we're going to eventually go down to 53, 55 players. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are going to get cut, obviously, because we have a lot of spots. But there's something about Bryce, you know, that he, he, it's, it's interesting. I see him making this team. And I think, you know, obviously we haven't seen any, you know, play, play him playing in the preseason. This is going to make is a make or break it for him. Same thing with players like Durham Smythe and Michael Roberts are going to have opportunities to see if they can make this roster and maybe potentially be the number two guy. Um, and I like, you know, what we have. I like the group that we have. You know, we have these guys that are just mentally preparing themselves for, you know, a long season. And hopefully one of these guys can thrive. I mean, um, I, I, like I said, uh, we could continue the development of Mike Gesicki. You know, sky's the limit, and let's see where it goes. Now, getting into the offensive line, you know, the Miami Dolphins took a huge step into fortifying that offensive line from last year. Um, you know, it's complete 180. You know, and you know, basically, basically, a lot of the the news out there is that we went full force into changing. You know, what was possibly you know one of the worst, and no disrespect to any of the current players still on the roster. This is just statistically, you know, based on sacks, based on pressures at the quarterback. You know, it was one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL on paper. Now, obviously, they ended the season strong. They built together. They got chemistry. And, you know, it helped that Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to get rid of the ball quick enough. But, you know, they developed the chemistry together. 
and they were able to pull off some, you know, strong points on, on the offensive line to hold defenses from penetrating. Now, obviously the Dolphins took a major step forward between the draft and free agency. Um, they obviously addressed it because this is something that, you know, unfortunately it was our weakest point on this team. And, you know, the Dolphins decided to take, you know, initial steps to fortify every single position on the offensive line. So in reality, you, you, you're very turnover from last season. You know, we are, we have a lot of guys and we, we did lose a lot of guys as well, but we did bring in players. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go in from left tackle left guard to center to right guard all the way to right tackle. We're going to give you our potential starting lineup. Well, we feel what we think should be the starter. And then after we give you the starter for that position, we're going to give you the guys that we think we're going to fill in that role. Now, Enzo Red, starting at left tackle. Um, obviously, folks, before we get it, before anybody says anything, this is how we feel at the current moment that we're doing this episode how we feel the Dolphins should go into. Obviously, we don't know what's going to go into preseason. We don't know if these guys are going to move from left to right. We don't know the intangibles. This is just our opinion. I'm not saying that this is what it should be, but this is our opinion or what we think is going to happen. And eventually, these are the positions these players are going to play and if they're going to start or not. So, Enzo Red, at left tackle, who do you ha- you see potentially the Dolphins starting there? I see from day one, I see us throwing Austin Jackson into the fire, man. I see him starting. I see no reason why he shouldn't. He's healthy. Uh, he's the youngest player in the draft. So getting him out there is only going to help him. Um, the reason why I think he's ultimately going to play left tackle for sure starting day one is uh, no disrespect to Julian Davenport, which is going to be ultimately the backup uh, for him at left tackle. He didn't show. He, he was okay last year for us, but he wasn't anything um, spectacular. And this kid, Austin Jackson, is just... Full of athleticism, he's raw, he's the youngest guy in the draft, like I mentioned, at 20 years old. Um, just for us to draft him that high like we did, I just, I think, I think we're going to plug him in there first day and we're going to see what he's got. Um, this kid's impressive. He ran a five, you know, almost a five flat on the 40 for, for such a big offensive lineman. I mean, he's raw potential and we're going to try and, and get, it, get it out of him from, from training camp and, and and day one I see him being our starter with like I mentioned Julian Davenport uh, who started eight games uh, including the last seven of last season um, I see him being uh, the backup and um, undrafted Jonathan Hubbard maybe he could he could stick around we sign him he could he could also be another person that backs up that position and and gives some depth to, to that left tackle position but Austin Jackson overall I have him starting um, who do you have by my 24-23? Who do you have? Uh, nonetheless, I got the same tackle? thing. Obviously, they said he's young. He's only 20 years old. You know, he is raw. He's not as strong as we want him to be coming into the season. You know, if that means that we have to put one of these older guys uh, like like Julian Davenport, at, you know, starting. But I also agree, uh, you know, right at the bat, put in Austin Jackson, let him develop. I want him to develop as much as he can this whole season. Um, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to... Um, you know, not know the playbook, not know the plays, but it's not okay to let your quarterback get destroyed. And the best experience is actually getting on the field. So sticking him at left tackle starting the season, I think is the right way to go. And, you know, obviously I don't want to throw him in there with Tua. You know, obviously we want to let Tua, you know, let this offensive line gel, let them come together before you make a decision like Tua. 
But everything changes for me if Tua has to start. If Tua has to start, then we have to figure out another potential starter. But just in the, for the sake of saying, you know, we don't – we you know, putting Fitzpatrick or Rosen starting at the beginning of the season, yes, I agree 1,000%. Austin Jackson starting at left tackle. Now, like you said, as far as backups, um, I like Julian Davenport. Um, obviously, you know, up to this point in his career, he hasn't been successful. He's been, you know, ups and downs to say the least. And, you know, he's not very good against the pass rush. But there's something about him that the Dolphins obviously wanted when they traded with – when they did the deal with Tunsil. And he came from Houston. He was part of the trade. And he, I don't think he was just a throw-in. You know, I think he's raw. Um, and hopefully, you know, these guys can figure out a way to get this guy to play a little bit better. And he can be a, a backup for us. And obviously, you have a guy like you said, Jonathan Hubbard or Adam Pankey. They can start, you know, at left tackle as well, learn the system, learn the preseason game or not, just to learn. But I see them as backups as well, right behind Austin Jackson. Now, at left guard, um, who do you have starting at left guard next to Austin Jackson? Well, I think this is one of the uh, two positions at the line that are solidified, coming, not even entering um, training camp. And I have Eric Flowers, the big six-six man from from the U that we got uh, and uh, that we got from the Redskins. Um, he's a former first-round pick. By the Giants, uh, he was drafted ninth overall. This guy was drafted as a left tackle, and apparently, you know, it didn't go well for him at left tackle. And they switched him over to guard. They saw something in him at guard, and and that and that coach was correct. He he had a terrific season last year, and he he reasserted his career. You know, he was he was a player that was on his way down, and and now he's on his way down here to Miami. You know, his former home. And I think he's gonna flourish even more. You know, I think he's gonna love the opportunity, and he's gonna love being back here at home. And like I said, him along with Ted Karras, I think are the only two, you know, players that are, you know, for sure gonna start at that position. Because these guys, you know, we we don't know where they're gonna line up, but you know, you have a feeling that Eric Flowers for sure should start at left tackle day one. I mean, sorry, left guard. Uh, backing him up, uh, I have Michael Dieter who did a. Did a terrific job last year. Um, given he was a rookie, you know, another young guy. You know, he started every game except for week 14 against the Jets, so it says a lot about him. We didn't have a great offensive line. He wasn't playing. He wasn't out playing great offensive linemen, but he played nonetheless. And um, and another player that made a little bit of noise as well last year was um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Shaq Calhoun. I'm sorry. Um, he was another player that, you know, played, that made his name known, that another player that seems like he's going to make the, the team because of what he did. He was a, he was undrafted last season, and um, he played regularly throughout the whole season. So I think he's another player that's going to stick around and uh, and battle it out and, and you know, give depth to that, to that left guard position. Who do I you um, by my twenty four twenty three? Who do you have starting day one at left guard? Well, as far as left guard, I agree with you with Eric Flowers, and obviously we brought him in. He did much improve. You know, obviously getting drafted by the Giants, they put him at tackle, and you know he was unsuccessful. And last year, on the offensive line for for the Washington Redskins, they moved him into guard, and he had a very successful season. He played really good. Um, you know he made strides and to, to, to improve as an offensive lineman. And, you know, he was in a way eliminating the the bust 
you know, out of his name as far as, you know, what he had him going for the Giants. He got rid of that. He was able to improve drastically. And I think at left guard, he would be positioned very good for us. I mean, obviously, you know, last year we had Michael Dieter playing. Um, Michael Dieter struggled immensely. Uh, obviously, you know, he, Michael Dieter was a high pick for us, so we want him to be eventually, a, you know, a starter for us. But obviously, when you go and you spend the money on a guy like Eric Flowers, you have to plug him in. You got to play him. And obviously, it's an upgrade. You're upgrading the position. Not only that, but you're causing, you know, a player like Michael Dieter, which I have him as a backup for Eric Flowers, to compete with him. And whenever you have competition, friendly competition like this on a team, it actually can help because if they're constantly fighting to, you know, be better, you know, they want to start. All these players want to do is play. That's at the end of the day. They cash your checks. They play. And some have, you know, strong love for the game. And, you know, if these guys can work together to get better, it's only going to be beneficial for the offensive line. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, I have a player like Danny Sidor right behind them. Um, that, you know, everybody's thrilled with having them. And, you know, you have two guys from the U, you know, Eric Flowers and Danny Isidore. And, you know, these, this is just special for Miami. You know, every time Miami could actually invest in the Miami Hurricanes down here, we loved it. But, you know, Danny Isidore is making strides too. Of, you know, he's developed a lot. And, you know, we want to see what he has to offer. You know, preseason, training camp, it's going to show us a lot. And, you know, like I said, Eric Flowers is a strong position that we that I that I feel for him at starting. So I like to put him next to Austin Jackson so he can, you know, learn from him. Now at center, uh, who do you have in Zoret? I have uh, the former New England Patriot, uh, Ted Karras. He he started uh, I think it was fifteen games last season for the for the Patriots due to an injury at their center position and he played really good. Anytime you could do that for the New England Patriots and satisfy Bill Belichick. I'm pretty sure you could satisfy any other coach in the league. Um, I'm really thrilled to, to, for, for having him. And I think he's going to probably end up being, um, looks like he might be our leader, along with an Eric Flowers as of right now, um, and be an anchor for us on that, on that offensive line. Um, like I said, anytime you could play for Bill Belichick, you could play. And this guy came in. And he was ready to play. He did play. He he had four previous seasons with the Patriots. He played in Ireland, started various games throughout his career there in New England. And so, you know, we're picking up, I think, a good center, a good anchor, um, which we definitely needed. We let go of our of, of, of our previous center, who was our oldest offensive lineman. So, I mean, now we have backing him up, backing Karras, we only have uh, Keen Sutherland and we have Donald Stanley. Um, Donald Stanley is an undrafted rookie free agent who could also play guard. And the same thing goes for Sutton. And he's a player that played guard. He could also play center. He played uh, he, he played for us. He started two games last season, you know, so we acquired him off of waivers. Um, we don't have anything. I feel like Ted Karras is going to play. He's going to be playing most of the snaps at center, if not all. Not, not, no disrespect to Donald Stanley or Keen Sutherland, but like I said, I feel Ted Harris is going to have a strong campaign this season. He's on a one-year deal. He has nothing but to – he has no other option but to, you know, make a splash this year, and I feel like he's going to do that for us. And um, so who do you have starting day one at center? Well, it's interesting because obviously I feel the same way. Uh, Miami invested in a one-year deal with Ted Harris, and he, he thrived last year when, when – 
you know, in New England when they had the injury and he started at center and he played very good. He's solid. Um, I, I feel very strongly. I, I remember back when we did the free agency episode and we we're looking at the free agents. You know, I said, looking back at everything that everybody we signed, including Byron Jones and Calvin Noy, I said, Ted Karras has the potential to be, you know, one of the, the, the highlights of this free agency. And a lot of people, you know, you know, they've told me, they've commented and said, you know, that's crazy to say this guy's like, you know, you only did a one year deal. And I said, you know, he's, he's under the radar. And whenever you have a player like that, you don't know what potential he's going to be. It could be bad or it could be good. But based on what he played last year, it showed signs of improvement. He showed signs that he can actually play the center position, which is important. This is the anchor of your offensive offensive line. And, you know, your team goes as far as your offensive line. And ever since, you know, we got rid of Mike Pouncey, you know, the center position for the Miami Dolphins have, has taken a down. It went down, you know, and plugging in a guy like Ted Karras with some experience, I, I like that. And, you know, we gave him a one-year deal. Hopefully he can play to his contract and we can – extend them if he he's able to thrive but you know we obviously we drafted you know we we got him drafted donald stanley and i i strongly feel for this player i think he has the potential eventually you know taking the starting role um down the line um you know obviously we have michael dieter as well that i mentioned earlier for playing left guard but you know michael dieter in, in college he also played some center and, you know, whenever you, you can put a 6'6 guy at center, that could potentially be uh, problematic for a defensive tackle. So, you know, we're trying to fit, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to see where these guys can play the best. You know, last year we didn't have that much talent, so they were they had to play their position. But this year they were able to move around. We are able to see, you know, where we could plug these guys in. But, you know, going into the season, as of right now, I see Ted Carey starting at center. I feel very strongly about that. And obviously, like you said, Keenan Sutherland as well, right behind Donald Stanley. That'd be great. Um, now, for your right guard, Enzo Red, who do you have? Well, I have Jesse Davis moving back to right guard, which he started his career here. At, um, he played right tackle for us last year. Um, I, have, I have him starting at right guard because of the start at right tackle. I think he's going to do a good job. He was you know, probably our best offensive lineman throughout the whole season last year. Um, and our one one of our bright spots out of you know we didn't have many many as a team, let alone as an offensive line. So um, I think another guy that I'm that I'm really high on is a is a backup for him, who's gonna I think he's gonna compete from day one is Solomon Kinley. I really like this guy. I know he's he's only six three. He's not you know your big six six guy six five. But I mean we drafted him fourth round. It says a lot. You know, um, he's a great character guy. I saw an interview on this guy, and he just he's a guy that loves his teammates. He actually wants to get to know them. He doesn't, you know, he's not for being on his phone, on, you know, on team flights and stuff like that because he'd rather be playing cards with his teammates, talking to them, getting to know them. He says that that'll, you know, that makes a better, makes a better team. And I agree with him 100%. Anytime the guys like each other and the, the guys know each other, and you know about, you know, guys' personal lives and, you know, how, how they might be suffering in one way. or You know, it just makes you closer. It makes you want to battle more for your teammate. And um, this guy is, is a, I think he could even, he, he might surprise some people and, and be starting some games this season, you know. Um, so I have him backing up. And also Isadora, who we traded um, uh, to 
with the Vikings for for seventh round pick. So like you mentioned earlier, you have my left guard. Uh, he, it seems like we want this guy. You know, we traded for him at the end of the season. So it says that that we like something about him. Maybe you know, maybe he wasn't being utilized correctly over there in the in the Vikings. Um, he did start two games and a good line. So let's see what happens with him. But I feel like those three players are are. If we put them on a right guard, I feel like that's our strongest position, to be honest with you, coming into the season. I like all three of them, and I feel like they'll all get playing time. And I feel like the sky's the limit, honestly, for all three of them, except maybe um, even including Jesse Davis, actually. Davis, Jesse Davis was our only bright spot last year, like I mentioned, you know, on, on the offensive line. So I have him starting, you know, and being backed up by those guys. Who do you have uh, as your day one starter at right guard, sir? Now, I mean, I'm going to go off on the limb, and I know it's going to be the unpopular opinion, but, um, you know, obviously Jesse Davis playing right guard and right tackle and left tackle, you know, obviously he is at the current moment our most experienced, you know, lineman, offensive lineman. And, you know, we, we want him to be plugged in to a position where he's going to be able to be successful. Now, you know, we didn't go out on the limb and drafted all these guys and picked up all these players um, just to have them sit and, you know, just not get the experience out there. And, you know, going off the trend that we've been doing with Austin Jackson, you know, giving opportunity to a player um, that we drafted and we did pick up is something that I look forward to. So I'm going off on the limb, and I'm not putting uh, Jesse Davis at right guard. I'm actually going to go with – I'm going to start Solomon Kinley. I'm going to go with him. Um, I want to see what he has to offer. I want to put him in at right guard, throw him right now. I know, you know, obviously we're, we're skipping the process of letting him fight for a starting position with Michael Dieter, you know, with obviously another player like Danny Isadora. Um, and, but I think the right thing would be to put Solomon Kinley and, you know, have friendly competition with, you know, Michael Dieter and Isadora for that right guard. But I want to see what Kinley has to offer. You know, he got a lot of flack that, you know, his development, his play, was because of his, you know, in college, he was able to play against a really good lineman next to him. But at the end of the day, I think this guy's really good. He is a beast of a player. He's big. And I think that's what we need. And, you know, that kind of player that just wants to hit you in the mouth, that's what we need. We need those tough guys. And, you know, I like the fact that we gonna we can put him in at – we can start him at right, uh, right guard and see what he has to offer. You know, Miami Miami has young guys, We, you know, on the bench, on the depth chart. But, you know, we have these guys that are hungry. And he wants to come in here and he's hungry. Why not let him start? I put him at right guard right off the bat, preseason, see what he has to offer. Enzo Red, who do you have for your last but not least but the right tackle position? Oh, before I get into that, I like that. I like that you put him at – I like that you started him. I, I, I'm a big fan of this guy. And I know a lot of people are not going to – be big fans of him right away, like I am. But I'm a big uh, character guy, and and I, I'm really, I'll be really happy for him if he does make that um, that number one day starter. But um, at right tackle, I have the big man Robert Hunt. I I believe in this guy too. I I really think that we got our left tackle in Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt. I think I really do think so. I see this guy. He, he looks like he's like six eight. You know, he, he looks like a mammoth. You know, he's just a big, strong, physical. He looks like he was born to play the right tackle position. He did start off um, playing left guard in college. They moved him over to left tackle. 
by his third season, he was playing right tackle, and he started off 14 games. And to be honest with you, if he didn't get hurt his senior year, I think he would have got – we probably wouldn't have had him. He probably would have got drafted a little before. So um, I think this guy is going to be – he might be our best offensive lineman at the end of the season. He has a shot. He's – like I said, he's huge. He's a brawler. He's physical. He looks like he was born to play right tackle. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, especially if Tua plays, because I think he – this guy feels like, hey, I, I could be the guy to protect Tua, you know. And any, if you could do that, you're going to – man, you're going to make some money. And this guy, Robert Hunt, he has a he has a better – as good a chance as anyone, of course, on this team to, you know, to do so. And I feel like he's going to be an impact from day one. I feel like he's extremely hungry, great character kid. And um, I just feel like he's he's going to be our uh, number one, you know, day starter for sure. And um, backing him up, um, I like Adam P- uh, Adam Pankey. He's, uh, he was undrafted by the, by the Packers. He got signed by the Titans and cut it. And then he got re-signed by the Packers, which like, kind of tells me something that, you know, the Packers liked originally something. They liked them there. So I'm interested to see him play a, a little bit of backup role, uh, right tackle. Um, and the, the big guy that we got, uh, undrafted Nick Kautmeier. Kautmeier, I'm sorry, big guy. Um, he he was, uh, like I said, undrafted. He was regarded as, by many of the coaches, as a top 50 offensive tackle in the draft. Um, but, you know, he didn't he didn't make the, the draft. I think he has a big chance to make this team. He's a big dude, six seven, six eight. Um, I think he has a chance to make the team, but like I said, like we don't know. We haven't seen too much of him. Obviously, he hasn't played yet in the NFL. But I think he's a he's a really big guy, and just seeing him and seeing a couple of his interviews, I feel like he has something to prove. So I'm really interested in seeing this guy. Like I mentioned, he's six six. I mean, six seven, six eight. Huge guy. So anytime you have a big guy like that, if he can move, you know, he can do some things on that line. So um, that's that's as far as I have for the right tackle. Um, who do you have starting day one at right tackle, sir? I mean, I mean the obvious choice, like you said, Robert Hunt. Before we get into Robert Hunt, I want to wish thank I want to say thank you to him. He reached out on social media. You know, he did like our post on Dolphins Junkie on Instagram. Oh yeah, that was huge. Yeah, we were very happy that he actually reached out and he liked it. And, you know, we appreciate it, big fella. We do. We, you know, and like I said, you know, we just wish you continue the success. Uh, and you you end up being a pro bowler soon for the Miami Dolphins. I think you have that potential, you know, like Enzo Red was saying. Um, now, yes, I have right – starting at right tackle, I have, you know, the bruising Robert Hunt. And, I mean, prepared – you put him next to Solomon Kinley, you have two brawlers, you know. Not to draw comparison, not to compare to players, but you have, like, that, that animal – uh, as far as like Richie Incognito, that's going to fight for you. That's going to literally lay it out on the line at all times. And that's the kind of attitude that I want these, these these Dolphins to carry, to protect one another, to protect the quarterback, to protect him by all means. And this is the kind of player we got in Robert Hunt. And he's very special. And I think, you know, the sky's the limit as well for him. He's young. We have all these young linemen on the, on the offensive line. They're going to grow together. And this is right now what we just pictured. You know, we painted – you know, the the potential future for the Miami Dolphins, if they can thrive and learn together, learn off their mistakes now that they're young, uh, they're starting, this is the time to do it. When you put these guys in, 
and it's going to be a success if everything goes according to plan and they continue to, you know, gaining that, that weight training, getting that, that chemistry, building, gelling together, you know, starting the season, preseason, start off right off the bat with these guys, see what you have to offer. You know, a lot of people are going to say, okay, so what happened to Jesse Davis? Yeah, he was our best lineman last season. Why, how are you not going to start him at either left tackle, right guard? What's wrong? What's going on? And I said, listen, obviously Jesse Davis is the most experienced guy. But, you know, Jesse Davis, to me, he thrives at being that, you know, swing offensive line. You know, wherever we need, he's our sixth man, you can say. That's what we call it in basketball. He's our sixth man in football. And, you know, he's he he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play left. He can play right. He can play right guard. You know, he can do multiple positions, and he can fill a role whenever necessary. And he can be a teacher to these kids. He is the oldest offensive lineman, and he's going to teach these kids you know, thinking too about the offensive line from what he's learned in these past years. But for right now, I have Jesse Davis backing up Robert Hunt, teaching him all he knows about that right side of the line, you know, helping him improve, helping him get better. Um, I know, obviously, Jesse Davis, you know, he's one of our top paid linemen as well. You know, and, and you know, you're going to be like, how are you going to have this, you know, lineman on the bench and he's your top paid, one of your top paid guys. And, you know, obviously you got to, it's just, it is what it is, folks. We did, Give him an extension in the middle of the season last year. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, going down forward, if the Dolphins decide to move on from Jesse Davis, if they conveniently, mathematically, I don't think it's something that they could look forward into because, you know, it's better to keep him. Um, but, yeah, I have him backing up Robert Hunt. And, you know, obviously you have a player like Nick Calmeyer. You know, he could also be the backup potentially as well there. But that's how I feel about the offensive line. So going back, Retracking everything we said, I left tackle, me and Enzo Red, we both agreed on having Austin Jackson as our left tackle. We both agreed of, of having Eric Flowers as our, you know, left guard starting. We both agreed on that. We both agreed with Ted Karras starting at center for us to be the anchor of our offensive line. Um, Enzo Red ended up going as your starter. You picked Jesse Davis, right? Yes, sir. I picked Jesse Davis going back to right guard. And I went with Solomon Kinley, giving him a start from Georgia, just giving him right off the bat, putting him at right guard. And then we both agreed at putting Robert Hunt at right tackle. So not too much differences, just basically what we, we think the Dolphins should do. It's our opinion. Um, and, you know, we appreciate, you know, you guys listening. And I you know I want to just, you know, read something that I was reading on Dolphins Wire the other day, and, and I wrote it down because it's impressive just to hear these things on the Miami Dolphins offensive line. And, you know, basically what the article was stating, um, it was saying, okay, so the Miami Dolphins going into this season, the group that they brought in is just, you know, they brought in Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Solomon Kennedy. They all average over 325 pounds apiece. You know, free agent signing Eric Flowers pushing 330 pounds himself. A team which struggles so much to sustain gaps and win real estate at this point of attack has suddenly gone out and invested a wave after wave of reinforcements to the offensive line group with the intention of pushing defenses around up front. Uh, at the end of the day, the caption reads, they want to punch you in the mouth. And folks, when you hear something like that, you know, it gets you excited because you know, we, we've struggled. We've struggled for so many years, even back when we had Tannehill. The offensive line struggled and injuries and a lot of things happened where, you know, you can't predict. And at the end of the day, you know, we have these young guys, you know, we wanted to go young. At the end of the day, 
We wanted to turn, you know, everything around. We wanted to cut our losses. We did that. We drafted young. We have guys in place to thrive, to succeed. And going forward, I hope this offensive line is improved. And that's, on paper, that's what it seems. You know, and I'm very excited about it. Let's see these guys grow. Enzo Red, any final thoughts on the offensive line and on the tight end positions? No, no, I just wish them all the best of luck. I hope uh, we have a lot of competition, which is, it seems like you know we're definitely going to have, which is a great thing. I think it's going to bring out the best in every single one of them. So that's that's all you want. Um, I have nothing else to say. Uh, and, you know, just take care. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. Uh, thank you for showing love on Instagram. Thank you, big man, uh, Robert Hunt. Thank you so much for, for the love, man. Um, I forgot about it. Batman 2423 touched based on it, and it's um, extremely important. Um, you know, you showed a lot of love to us reposting our posts on Instagram, and that's only going to help us grow um, and get us and get us the followers that we want down here in South Florida. So thank you very much. Um, thank you to everyone that's listening to us, everyone that's, you know, that's, that's on our, you know, you know, supporting us. We have some things we're gonna we're gonna want to do, and, and coming into the future, we're gonna do we're gonna try and do some giveaways. We're gonna try and you know show the love back. We're we're working on that. We're small right now, but you know we have to get a whole mess of things you know in order, so that we can start. We we want to start giving you guys love by by giving you merchandise and giving you as many things as we can, you know, just for tuning in and, and showing us love. You know, so thank you very much and have a great day.